Hello, I'm Ren Ferguson. I'm one of the ministers here at the Collinsville Troy Church of Christ. I'm so glad that you have uh, tuned in today. If you will, be opening up to 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 2. Uh, here, he, of course, is, is moving on, looking at, at something different uh, than what we looked at uh, yesterday. In fact, if you remember, whenever we looked at the introduction of, of this book, we reference some things in this chapter uh, because we're going to learn some more, I and mean, I guess remind ourselves maybe of, of the role that Titus played uh, with the church at Corinth and even with this letter. Uh, but he's going to get into that, and, and really what he's going to be talking about for the remainder of chapter 7 is the joy and comfort that he felt from Titus because of the Corinthians. Uh, but we'll start there in verse 2. He says, Make room for us in your hearts. Uh, we have wronged no one. We have corrupted no one. We have taken advantage of no one. Uh, again, similarly to what he talks about in chapter 6, him wanting them to extend that love to them, to receive them, to receive him especially. And he says in verse 3, I do not say this to condemn you, for I said before you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. I think what he's saying there is he's not trying to find fault. He's not trying to cause issues uh, with them or between he and the Corinthians. But just as he has said, they're uh, uh, there in verse 3, For as I have said before, that you are in our hearts to die together and to live together. Paul loved them regardless. Whether you know things were going well or things were not going well, he, was, he continued to love them. And in verse 4, he says, I am acting with great boldness towards you. I have great pride in you. I am filled with comfort. In all, all our affliction, I am overflowing with joy. For even when we came into Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were afflicted at every turn, fighting without fear, or fighting without and fear within. But God, who comforts the downcast, comforted us by the coming of Titus. So again, there in, in verse uh, 4, he says that he was filled with, with comfort, and he said even though there in verse the last part of verse 4 and verse 5, even though they had all sorts of, of issues, even as he talks about in chapter 1, even though there were times where he thought that it was the end of the line and that he was about to die and about to be put to death, even in spite of all of those things, he was comforted. Even as he says in verse 5, when they came to Macedonia, they were still facing persecution. They were still having to deal with these trials that he talks about even in chapter 6, and he'll hit on it again in chapter 11. But he was comforted from the coming of Titus. He says in verse 7, And not only by his coming, but also by the comfort with which he was comforted by you. So Paul was comforted just simply because he was with Titus. Titus returned, and he was able to have that fellowship with Titus. But as he's saying here, he was not comforted only by that. He was comforted because Titus had been comforted by the Corinthians. They have encouraged Titus. They have built him up. And because of the report also, as he's going to talk about, the report 
gifts of those in Corinth that Titus had. Uh, continuing in verse 7, And uh, as he told us of your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, so that I rejoiced still more. So again, Titus was there and that comforted Paul. Titus had been comforted and encouraged by those in Corinth and that comforted Paul. But also, Titus came with this report of the Corinthians longing and their mourning and their zeal for Paul. And that, as he says, and I rejoice still more. So that just extreme comfort that he has received uh, from God through the Corinthians. And as he says in verse 8, he says some interesting things here in, the, in this verse. He says, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that that, that letter grieved you, though only for a little while. Paul was was sorrowful in writing that letter to Corinth, the first letter, 1 Corinthians, because he knew it, of course, was going to hurt them. And even if you'll just back up a couple of chapters, look at chapter 2 and uh, verse 4. He says, For I wrote to you out of much, much affliction and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to cause you pain, but to let you know the abundant love that I have for you. Paul here, he says, even if I made you grieve with my letter, I don't regret it. And he'll circle back to that. He doesn't regret it because of what it produced. Though he did regret it, of course, because it, I mean, it wasn't something that he was, I guess you could say it wasn't something that he was chomping at the bit to do. It wasn't something that he enjoyed doing. It grieved him. It produced that sorrow even in, in him. And and I'm sure most of us can probably relate to that to some degree. Parents, whenever their child does something that the, the child knows that they're not supposed to do, and so the parent has to punish the child, the, the parent doesn't necessarily enjoy it, doesn't necessarily want to do it, but they do because it's going to benefit the child. In the same way, Paul doesn't, didn't necessarily want to rebuke the Corinthians. He didn't necessarily want to do that but he did because they needed it and they were, would benefit from it and as he says the end of verse 8 for I see that the letter grieved you though only for a while as it is I rejoice not because you were grieved because you were grieved into repenting for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us he says I, I I rejoiced because that letter produced grief in you, not just simply because you grieved, but because that grief led to your repentance. They had, as he says in verse 9, that godly grief. And he defines that godly grief there in verse 10. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So he compares two different kinds of grief. Godly grief, and that's what the Corinthians had. They realized that what they had done was wrong, and that grief caused them to repent. That's, that's godly grief. Worldly grief, on the other hand, produces death. And there's, there's a couple of different ways, I guess, of, of looking at this. One of the ways that I have heard it explained is, is, is godly grief is mourning your sin because you knew that it was wrong. You knew that it was a sin. Worldly grief is 
is just being sorrow with sorry and being sorrowful just simply because you got caught and got in trouble because of it. Not that you necessarily cared that it was actually wrong or not. You were just sorry that you got caught. But I also think here, godly grief, again, is what leads to repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to death. Worldly sorrow that perhaps grief and devastation, maybe even that we feel from our sins, that causes us to leave, leave the Lord, even as he talks about in, uh, in chapter 2. Whenever that brother had repented and, and he was encouraging, commanding those in Corinth to forgive him so that he did not become overwhelmed in excessive sorrow and ultimately leave the church and ultimately lose his salvation because of it. That godly sorrow leads to repentance. That worldly sorrow leads to, to death. And he says in, in verse 11, For we see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you. And that word earnestness means diligence. They realized what they had done was wrong, and because of that, they came back and they said, Okay, we're, we're going to be extra careful now to make sure that what we're doing is right. But also what eagerness to clear yourselves. They had that desire to correct the situation. What indignation or even irritation perhaps that they felt with themselves, with the sin itself, and wanting to correct it. What fear, uh, of, of course, fear of, of God, fear of that punishment of their sins. What longing, what zeal, what punishment. At every point you have proved yourself innocent in the matter. Paul is saying, I wrote these things and I know it, it grieved you, I know it made you sorrowful, but it repented and look at what it did. It produced that diligence, that zeal, that fear. It produced that longing, that eagerness to clear themselves. Look at the benefits of, of that rebuke and of the, the first letter to Corinth. Uh, he continues to discuss discuss this and, and some different things and of course Titus and the report that Titus had uh, here towards the end of the chapter but unfortunately we're out of time so we're going to have to pick up in verse 12 tomorrow and we'll probably finish this out and, and we'll see perhaps get into chapter 8 as well I'm not entirely sure but, but we'll stop right here and pick up in verse 12 tomorrow uh, as always if you have questions or want to study more you can message us on Facebook and call or call us and we would love to discuss these things uh, with you or just study the Bible in general uh, with you as well. But I thank you for your time and for your attention here today.